Woohoo! Welcome to Spiritpreneur School, where conscious entrepreneurs connect. It's your girl, Aviola, and we are in for another inspiring conversation today. As usual, we are taking self-love to self-launch. Spiritpreneur School is an empowerment podcast for magical thinkers like you, created by me, just for you. And today we have a powerhouse goddess, as per usual, who is blessing us with her light. Ms. Danica N. Worthy is an author, a motivational speaker, a blogger, life coach, spiritual seeker, and a visionary entrepreneur. Yes! She is changing the world through empowerment and advocacy. Danica promotes spiritual enlightenment while achieving life's aspirations. She uses her life experiences as a blueprint and a platform to guide women to tap into their worthiness. Ms. Danica is an expert at inspiring individuals to tap into their potential and God-given talent, and she has found her passion through her career of service. And I think that you're going to feel some of that service tonight. She's co-authored two books and has a, an upcoming book, Suffering in Silence. She's also co-hosted radio shows, appeared um, across the web, and her purpose is to touch, to heal, and, you know, we are just so blessed to have her on this conversation. So, Ms. Danica, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Abiola. I am just grateful to be here with you in your audience today. Yay, 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 yay. Well, Danica, so I gave them the formal bio. So who is the woman behind that bio? What? Who? Who is the woman behind that story that we would, you know, hear as you would take a stage? Well, I am just a quirky, loving um, individual. I love people. I was raised by four strong women, so I am the I am the fourth generation um, spiritual. I call myself a spiritual seeker because I just believe that you can never stop seeking to become one with yourself. So I enjoy, and I think that brings a lot of people around me that enjoy that type of um, life and light. I like to bring life and light to other people. I like to heal them because I know in healing others, I heal myself. Oh, I love that, Danica, and we definitely have that in common. I say that I'm a fourth-generation empowerment specialist. I think it's so important with what we do to draw that line and that purpose and give, you know, just be grateful to those who came before and paved the way. So who are those four amazing women that helped to shape and make you who you are? Oh, wow. Um, first, it would be my grandmother. She was the matriarch of our family. She was a pastor and a spiritual counselor, and um, she did that from her bed. She was wheelchair-bound, and my mother, who just recently passed, took care of her mother, and she also was a pastor and all-around um, community and servant leader. And then under my mother is my oldest sister, and um, they all 
like I said, are such strong women, and um, they taught me how to dig inside and do the inner work necessary so that I can realize that I had those gifts inside of me all the time. And then came little old me. (laughs) (laughs) That is beautiful. That is beautiful, Danica. And I love that you touched on doing the inner work, that that is really, really important, you know, that we – continue to evolve and do the work um, that we were born to do. So did you always know that you were on this path? You know, who were you as, you know, a teenager and as a young woman? Oh, wow. Yes, I always knew that I was on this path, but sometimes I believe um, we don't realize it. We grow into it. So as a child, I was very talkative and very outspoken. Um, I like to hang around the adults. I felt like I had as much wisdom as them, and sometimes that got me in trouble. Um, and as a teen, I felt lost because people that were my age, they didn't understand me. And I did not understand them, and I was okay with that. But you feel a disconnect. And if it wasn't for my family kind of guiding me and surrounding me around people who knew about spirituality and knew about helping and reaching out to others and knew about not being judgmental, um, if I didn't have that, I don't know where I would be. Um, But I did have a rough rough patch around my 16, my teen, and then um, I triumphed over that, and I just aligned myself back with that light. Okay, okay. Well, what was the rough patch, just so that listeners could relate to some of the growth that you're talking about? And the reason I ask, Anika, is that, you know, so often when we meet, you know, an empowerment guru like you, you know, that people feel like, well, wow, you know, I could never be like that. Look at her. You know, she hasn't had to overcome anything. She's just always been, you know, well-spoken and smart and beautiful and gifted and talented. So share with us a little bit, if you don't mind, about what that rough patch was about. Oh, of course. Um, Around 15, I was 15 years old and I became pregnant, Um, a teen mom. And um, during that time, I felt like I had let my family down because when you are raised up around these strong women, you feel like they probably have never done anything wrong or considered wrong. And I just really didn't know what my next step would be. As I was pregnant, I was getting ready to um, accept the scholarship for college. I just felt doomed. I I felt like I just let myself down. And um, when I went in to have the baby, um, I had experienced some challenges, and my son passed away, and I experienced a huge loss. And this was the second loss. Um, I was 16 years old. My first loss was my grandmother when I was nine. But this was very huge, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to express myself. I did not know how to um, reach out for the help that I needed. So what I did was I just stuffed everything inside. And Mm -hmm. it just changed my life. It knocked me off course. I had to really connect with 
words that allowed me to grow. I had to learn how to heal. I had to learn how to trust again. I had to learn how to release and how to let go. And at 15 and 16 year, years old, you don't understand those things at all because we take possession of things. We don't know how to detach. We don't know how to go inward. But what I started to do was I started to write in journal. My mother brought me a journal. And I started to write, and I released those feelings. I was able to get myself back on track. I was able to go back to school and try to draw on that strength that I had in myself that I didn't know I had. Um, I never really got over losing my son, but I learned how to cope. I learned how to accept it, and I learned how to grieve it in my way, and I think that that's, you know, something that we all have to do is learn how to grieve our way and, you know, don't pressure ourselves and how to express because when we don't express what happens, we go into a cocoon and we don't align ourselves with the light that's already there in us. Thank you so much for generously sharing with us about your experience, Danica. I think that so many of us can relate to trying to just stuff down our difficult feelings or just shut it off when we feel like we're experiencing a loss. And it's exactly as you said that, you know, we have to be able to tap into that and to be able to grow through it. So I know that the tribe that, you know, you are blessed to serve these days, you call eccentric women, Danica. So how do you define that? Who are these? What is this eccentric women? I know that I'm one. I know that you're one. I know that we're both. So explain what does that, what do you mean by that? Eccentric to me means that we are not afraid to be ourselves. And some people call it quirky. Some people call it weird, um, but I know I'm just going to use you for an example. I just love your spirit and your bubbly, and that is drawing. And sometimes when we use the word eccentric or perky, people think that pushes people away, but actually people really want to know what's going on with Miss Aviolo, what's going on with Danica, <laughs> something in 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 their spirit that I want to connect to. So that's why I want to reach those people because sometimes People like us, we get shunned at in our teenage years or when we're not strong and when we're not, um, when we don't accept ourselves for who we are. So I just wanted to connect with those type of women and just give them that extra push to really dig inside themselves and grab those gifts and let them shine bright. I'm in the time in my life right now where I really want to just shine, and I think with everything that happens with me, it pushes me right into that area where I have to do it. So there's no fear here that it's just do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eccentric women unite. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, Danica, you are a motivational speaker, and I know that fear of you know, you were just talking about that fear, fear of, of taking the stage, you know, fear of standing out, fear of having the light on you is what blocks a lot of women perhaps from tapping into being their eccentric selves. You know, people want to just fit in because they don't want anybody to judge them. People feel nervous about getting on a stage because what if they feel stupid? 
Can you talk about overcoming those challenges and moving from somebody who used to hide herself and hide her power? How how did you get the courage to really put yourself out there? Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Fear has really, um, and I'm just being honest with you, um, helped me back for many of years. I would just go so far just enough to feel comfortable. And when I feel uncomfortable or too shy and I, you know, I'm introverted, I would stop and stifle my growth. Um, And one of the things that pushed me out is my mother, watching her get up and speak. Um, During a time when men did not really like women preachers, I just believe my mother is one of the most powerful women speakers I've ever met in my life. And just to watch that, I just always was in awe. And she would always tell me that before she gets up, she would always get a nervous feeling in her stomach. But when she would get up and she would speak and it was coming from the spirit or if it was something that she really loved to talk about, it would be like a no-brainer. It would just flow. And I think that started to make me tap into my writing skills a little bit more and then as well as speaking. If I get up and I'm talking about something I love, self-love or affirmations or just how to make it through a tragedy, I'm in my element or spirituality. I'm in my element, so it just flows. But you're nervous in the beginning. And just recently at my mother's service, They asked me to get up and speak. I had nothing planned, and I got up and I said, I'm a writer, and I don't have anything to say for my mom. There's no words that can express who this woman is. And I turned my head and looked at her casket, and the words, everyone is still calling me and saying, what you said about your mother was dynamic. You're a powerhouse. And I'm saying, I don't even know what I said. I feel like that was her spirit, you know, wanting to be recognized. And it was just a power within me that overcame the nervousness and just let it rip. And for me, that allows me now to just say, I can stand up and be the most biggest, brightest person with a voice because I have a story. And not only that, God put us here for a purpose, and that is to help others along with our story. So who am I not to do it? Yes, I think that's so beautiful. I, I actually I have tears in my eyes because that's I, that's just such a powerful testimony, Danica. Thank you for sharing that. And and even when you were talking about your grandmother, what a powerful image of her. Pre- she preached from her bed. Your grandmother. Yeah. Well, my grandmother, she was wheelchair bound, and she had her own church. It's, it was called the Way of Life, and. She had MS, and my mother and my sister would get her ready for service every day and bring her in her wheelchair. But at times, she couldn't come out. People would like to get spiritual counseling till 3 o'clock in the morning. And um, <laughs> they would come to her and call, or either call she's in her bed, and she would talk to them until 3 in the morning. Um, and I just think that we were so amazed with, my grandmother and her regal spirit and just to be able to reach people right where they're where they are not trying to push them but being right where they are from where she was in her bed until the end she said when she could not do it any longer it was her time to go on and um, I think those things are what pushes me more 
into doing what it is that I'm called to do and to also recognizing it and being aware because sometimes we're not aware because there's so much other things going on. So, Yes, yes. What powerful role models. You're absolutely right that you had in front of you. That is incredible. That is incredible. I, I want to talk a little bit more about your mom, Danica. Um, and, again, thank you for sharing her with us that, and I feel like I feel her, you know, presence with you and on this call, you know, being like, yeah, I'm going to get this girl. You know, um, it just, I feel like because we're we're Instagram friends, you know, for people who don't know, come join us on Instagram. And literally, Danica, that one day you had posted a picture of you and your mom out. And, you know, I think you guys were out getting something to eat. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And then the next post was that your mom you know, it had passed. What happened? Oh, my goodness. That was so amazing. Um, so that was a Saturday. We took her to Ibaki and took her to get her hair done. And she had a great time. She enjoyed her family. Um, and then that Sunday, she just enjoyed being home and having time with each one of us individually. We still had no clue that anything was wrong. Um, and that morning, Monday morning, uh, she woke up with a headache and um, she had a brain aneurysm, and it was a result of her having three major strokes over eight years ago, just the wear and tear on the body. And um, we got her to the hospital from home, and we just waited around the bed until she was ready to ascend. And um, I, I that was one of the most hardest things. I've ever witnessed in my life, it was also something that I'll never forget, just to see how strong she was in in her transition. But uh, it just amazes me because I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I put the video up and said I was creating memories with her and had no clue that two days later she would be um, deceased. So it was amazing, but I, I do believe that she knew because she actually spoke to each one of her children um, the day before and just blessed us. And I think she was saying her goodbyes, but we just, we were fooled. We we had no clue. We just thought she was enjoying her weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It It really is, you know, just also a reminder of us to really live each day as if it could be our last and, and make sure that we, you know, what the beautiful thing about your mom and the story of your grandmom is that they both shared their gifts, you know, and made sure to pass on their light and, you know, their spirit and positive energy and beautiful deeds still live on through you and everyone else who was able to witness, you know, is that, does that sound for you like an accurate assessment? Yes, it does. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I know that, and it hasn't even, is it exactly like about a month now? It has, it wasn't even, it wasn't that long ago. Was it maybe six weeks? Right. It's been about six weeks. Yeah. It was August the 1st. And her birthday would be um, September 26th. So it's just a lot. And my grandmother um, would be tomorrow, 916, her anniversary. So it's a lot for us as a family to deal with. But we we definitely have become so much closer and, and uh, supportive of each other. 
Yes. Well, that's beautiful. That's beautiful that you have each other. And because one of the things that I really wanted to, the lessons I wanted you to share with everyone today is about dealing with grief, you know, and you are in the middle of it. And so often as women, we just stuff down our feelings and, you know, people feel like they don't know how to deal with a loss or people judge each other's um, ways that they deal with a loss. And I feel like grief is such an individual thing, you know, it's very specific, you know, to a person and it comes in cycles, some things we never get over. So if somebody Mm -hmm. is dealing with grief today, Danica, um, what would you like them to know? Um, I always start off by saying grief is, Sometimes it's a lifelong process, but I would love them to know that they are not alone because I think sometimes in the grieving process, we think we are alone and no one understands our feelings, Um, but they do. And sometimes we have to be open to receive the love that people are pouring out to you. You know, that is one of the problems. Sometimes we build up a wall when we grieve because we don't think that someone else has felt the same way that we're feeling. And I think another thing is acceptance. And that comes along later on, but sometimes you just have to accept the fact that there is a loss, even if it's a physical person, a relationship, a job, acceptance. Because when you accept something, then you are aware that it's no no, no longer there. You're not attached to it, you are detached from it, and then you can look at it from another point of view. I think another thing that I like to do is I like to express myself, and sometimes that shows up through my tears. It shows up through journal writing. It shows up in how I interact with other people, and I'm mindful of that. I'm mindful that I need to express myself. I can't stuff those feelings down. I have to let them out. And I also think that we have to allow ourselves space and time to heal. You know, we don't have to rush anything. We don't have to meet the demands of what someone else puts upon us, saying, you know, you need to let it go now, or, you know, your mom's in a better place. We have to allow ourselves the time and the space to heal. One of my favorite things to do is to get still and get quiet because in that stillness, there's a spirit that brings you comfort. There's a spirit that brings you clarity. Um, A perfect example is my sister. She cared. She was a caretaker for my mother and my grandmother. And when they passed away, she felt like she didn't know what to do with her life next. And I always tell her, If you want to know what your next step is, just get quiet. Allow yourself, your mind, your body, and your spirit to get quiet. And it will lead you back to those things that you desire to do, you know. It's just a a point of getting yourself still and quiet. Those are the main things that I like to focus on is my quiet time, my acceptance, my allowing myself time and space to heal my journal writing, those are the things that will push me forward. And also when you're healing, if you use that energy 
to help someone else who may be going through something, connect them with someone else who may be going through something, you in turn heal yourself. I don't know how many times I tell a story to someone else and I see tears come out their eyes. We're both crying. And they are being healed as well as I am healing an issue that I have inside of me. And another thing about wounds and and grief, I think any time I lose something, it opens up a wound from a, a old grief that I haven't dealt with. If we just choose to stop and deal with some of that old stuff, it will make life so much easier when something else, another tragedy happens. Because I know me, if a tragedy happens in my life or I lose something, I'll grab all that old stuff and bring it to the forefront as well. <laughs> so I think yes. that is... do. <laughs> You're not alone with that. <laughs> yeah, I do. We bring it right to the forefront like that's going to make us feel any better. So we just have to learn to deal with those old wounds and empower ourselves, use affirming words. And I think those things are what carries carries me along during my day. I think that that is just really, really, those are great concrete steps that someone could follow. And um, I think a great addition to that, you had recently done a blog post called The Ultimate Guide to Redesign Life on Your Own Terms. And I want to ask you about that because I feel like that was really, really helpful in a little bit. But I want to talk first about vulnerability and what you said about a lot of times we have that wall up and mm-hmm. um you know we don't allow ourselves to to be to be loved to be healed you know because it it sometimes it's just feeling that vulnerable especially you know a sign especially um with other black women and women of color you know have traditions of not necessarily being afraid to be hurt, being afraid to let someone in on top of the grief. How can we be more vulnerable in during a time of grief without feeling like, you know, well, I don't want to be a burden on anybody. I don't want to stress anybody, you know, those kinds of things that we tell ourselves. Um, one of the things I like to say about vulnerability is I think what we don't realize invulnerability, that is our strength. That's where it lies. That's that magic spot that we try to overlook. I think sometimes we worry about how we look in front of other people. Um, and I, I've learned to allow myself to be vulnerable and to not know it all, to ask my sister for help. Um, you don't know how many times I may come to your page to get something that I need. It'll be in your post or it'll be on your website. I mean, we have to allow ourselves to receive the help that is all around us. And I think once we do that, that's what allows me to be the woman that I am, is I can get that direct connect from my sister over here. I can draw strength from what she has. Um, And as I said earlier, (laughs) we just both found out that we have some similarities, and that's what I think we don't realize. We're more similar than we are different, and I can draw from anything. So I love to be vulnerable because that's where my strength is. Yes, 
Yes, I agree. I agree. And I think that, you know, when we do allow ourselves to be vulnerable, we do find out, you know, that the people around us, that we we are similar in different ways and that we have each and every one of us has something to teach and something to learn. And so I think that that is really, really powerful. Um and you had touched on that in the blog post that I was talking about, the, the ultimate guide to redesign life on your own terms, um, where you started out by saying you're never too old to redesign your life. And the reason why that struck me is that I find, Danica, you know, sometimes a lot of women in my audiences will come up to me and say, you know, um, I feel like I'm I'm too old or I feel like my moment has passed or I feel like so-and-so is already doing it or they took my idea or, you know, whatever <laughs> it is, or I, I, you know, I have this job and I can't get out and or whatever it is, they want to redesign their lives, but they don't know how to, you know, take those steps and what to do, you know, they're breaking up out of a relationship or going into a relationship or whatever. So can you, can you share with us some of those transformational tools on, you know, how to redesign your life? Yes, most definitely. I think I'm redesigning my life <laughs> more yes. every six months. <laughs> I think, exactly. I think that um, one of the things that I've learned, and I don't know, you can help me on this. I learned how to trust, trust in myself and my abilities, trusted in my life experience, my work experience trusting in my spirituality and trusting that there's a higher power and something out here that's greater than myself that's always leading me where I want to be. Do you agree with that? Okay. I fully agree with that. Yeah, (laughs) I fully agree with that. I think that that's so important, having that trust, that faith. Yes. That's the perfect word, that faith. It's like, I just believe even when it's chaotic around me and it's not going the way I envision it, the way I visualize it, it's still going to work out for my good. So maybe I did leave my job to start my new business, but I'm not bringing any money in. Maybe I did do that, but maybe there's something else that I need to be keying into that I need to do to make this business jump off for me. Um, It's those type of things that I've learned during this process for myself in trying to um, establish myself with a heart-centered business is that I had to trust because I think that was the key element I was just trying to do. Like, I'm going to make this happen for myself. I had to learn how to trust. And when I started trusting, the doors started opening for me that I couldn't see that they were already right there. You know what I mean? I think trusting is that foundation and having that faith is the foundation that we need to redesign our lives. Yeah. I also think I, that, you know, oh, go ahead. I'm just agreeing. I'm just, I'm just your amen corner right now. Yes. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I do. And I think right after that is sitting down and getting clear about what it is we want. I, I And I agree with you. You may have a lot of people that come and say, I don't think I can do it. But then when you ask them, well, what is it that you want to do or where do you envision seeing yourself in the next six months and they have no clue because they haven't sat down and asked for clarity or gotten still to really find out what it is that they desire. And I think that those are the two building blocks to you really do something yummy. 
I think so. I think that that is really, really important that so many people, you know, if you don't know where you're going, then you don't be surprised when you don't arrive. <laughs> it's like if you get in your car with no, you know, map or GPS or anything, you know, that's fine. But then when you don't get, you can't get somewhere and be like, oh, this is not where I wanted to go. Well, you didn't say where you wanted to go. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And so <laughs> I think that having that intention is really, really important combined with that trust. Um, if somebody is wanting to build, you know, an expert-based business, Danica, like, like, like you have, like I have, and they want to speak, they want to write books, you know, they want to build a life, how do they do that? How do you recommend that they get started? in being able to do that empowerment coaching writing speaking how do they how do you recommend they begin oh wow um i think that they begin by learning to live intentionally and what i mean by saying that is they become aware of what they do and what they want to do and the reason behind it um when i said i wanted to build a business uh, a spiritual based business a soul based business i had to become aware of why I wanted to do it. Uh, I had to get clarity around how I was going to do it. And I had to pray about it and, and just have that faith that we just talked about that everything is going to happen. But also behind all of that and in front of all of that is we have to do the work. I think that's sometimes we don't want to do the work. We just want it to happen. If I show my face here and there, it'll happen for me. But we don't want to do the work. So we don't want to write the stories because we're fearful that the story's not going to be a bestseller when I sell it. Put your book out there. And it took me a long time to do that. I was so fearful. They don't want to hear from me or it's not going to work. Just sitting on the knowledge, taking classes and sitting on the knowledge. You have to do the work. And then the universe, God, will send people like Adiola <laughs> to you. He will <laughs> send people that can help you. I, I'm, I'm so serious about it. He sends exactly what you need, when you need it, when you're ready. Sometimes we're not ready. And so I think that's another thing, preparing ourselves for something great. I don't mind being prepared <laughs> for something great. And I know that that's yeah. an everyday process to work on me, to help others. Those are the things that pushes me out to the forefront, you know, and I think yeah. those are the things that we have moved away from, you know. We think that having the microphone and being the, you know, the loudest in the room or showing how much money we make, that's what matters. But, no, it's the little small things. Small victories mean so much to me. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think that that's really, you know, important. You said something that I want to highlight, which is sitting on the knowledge, that that is, you know, absolutely something that I witness among our tribe of spiritpreneur women, eccentric women, as you call us, you know, who, like you said, have these gifts. And then, you know, 
have the knowledge, but then sit on it instead of sharing it. And I agree 100% that, you know, like they say, you know, that things appear that when you put yourself out there, you know, like they say that luck is preparation meets opportunity. So if you're preparing yourself for something great, you know, then God is going to be like, oh, okay, look at her. Now she's ready. Now I can give it mm-hmm. to her, you know, and <laughs> give you that platform and places to be able to share your gifts. So once they do all of that, like, do you recommend that people go and get certified as a coach? Let's talk about, like, just the skills aspect of it. How do they, you know, how do they start coaching? You know, how do they maybe find places to speak? How do they how do they write their book or collaborate with somebody as you've done to write your book and put it out there? What do you recommend, you know, concrete steps that people can take? Oh, wow. Um, I like to... <clears throat> I think I started out first by being of service to others. I think that really is what pushed me um, to being seen is as I connected with authors or people who wanted um, guest uh, blog posters, I was of service. I shared their um, stories. I bought their books. I either attended a class or a conference, I became helpful, and then you build relationships with people, not to see what you can get from them, but to see how you can either help each other and how or how you can serve them. And in turn, I believe that some those same people, they do the same thing for you. Um, I also, for myself, with counseling, I started out and I took those classes myself, and I think that's to each its own, what you feel comfortable with. Some people are certified, some are not. Um, I believe we all come with life experiences that we can teach others. Um, I know that some people go to school so that they can do these things, and some people, it's just a gift that is passed down from generation to generation. Um, But I do think that you do have to... um, invest in the personal development, I believe you have to invest in yourself. And sometimes investing in yourself means you have to connect with what works for you or what you, how you learn. And then you um, invest in that product or that program so that you can build your knowledge base and your spiritual base. And then I think that is what leads you to those other um avenues to be able to collaborate with someone. And I think just showing up, showing up and being helpful is the main thing that will lead you to other people. I think that that is so important. And, you know, I can't stress enough, if you're listening to this, please do not dismiss what Danika just said. She just dropped some serious gems. Putting yourself out there in in terms of service, you know, is so important with every single thing that she's talking about, that everything that she puts out there is of service. You know, her blog is of service. Her having this conversation is of service. You know, these things lead to one thing leads to the to another, you know, that, you know, from 
her sharing on Instagram, you know, I learned about her book and wanted to share it here with you, you know, and so someone listening to this may call now and book her to speak somewhere or hire her for coaching. And so sharing, you know, being of service, I think is really, really important. So Danica, tell us about untold stories of inner strength, resilience, and overcoming obstacles, your current book project. Congratulations again about that. Thank you so much. Um, This book is a group of women who decided to come together um, through a collaboration project through publisher Saba Tico um, to really, and I love using this, to pull back the layers and to share stories that either they have never or we have never shared with anyone to actually heal ourselves while healing others. And that's something that I talk about all the time. And, um, I mean, for me, writing about the story of my son and and losing him, it was probably one of the hardest things that I sat down and wrote because just to see it in um, the words and all that emotion, just refilling it over and over again, um, that was powerful in itself. It was um and it was empowerment. It was releasing. Just like the book is called, I released and just put that out there because um I, I can't even tell you how many times people have inboxed me or um just said, Thank you for sharing that story. I lost a child and I um just never thought that I would get over it. But now I'm going to express myself and talk about it and seek counseling because um, that's one thing I never thought I did. I never sought um, professional counseling during that time. I just utilized what I had in the home, my mother, and that support. So I think releasing that and writing that down really helped me even more. Wow. Well, look at God. That is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And I know that there is another book that is in the pipeline. If someone is wanting to, you know, be a writer, I always recommend to them to just start writing. Just write. You want to be a writer, write. You want to be a speaker, speak. You know? So how do you recommend, how do you know that someone, if someone wants to be a writer, that they approach their writing? And also, where can people, you know, get your your book and and learn more about your work? Oh, okay. Um, You can get my book at www.danikaworthy.com on my website. I'm also on Amazon, um, Danika Worthy on, um, on Amazon. Um, but as far as writing, um, I'm like you, <laughs> and it took me along for that um, to key in is key into if you want to be a writer, you need to write. Even if you have to start small with writing blog posts or writing in your journal, write it down. And I've also learned to make things less uh, so it's not as hard. I believe when we speak, because I know I've been talking so much here, it seems like <laughs> That when we speak, and sometimes it comes out or seems that it's more clear, take yourself talking about or write or speaking what it is that you want in your book and have it transcribed. I've learned how to um, not be so hard on myself because the creative process is, it can be hard, 
because you know once you let that when it's it's when you move outside of when you're trying to think on it and correct it and do all those things at one time it becomes hard but um i've learned to either speak it into my microphone have it transcribed uh Danica, your audio is sounding a little bit. You went, your sound went out there a little bit. Can you hear me? How about now? There we go. Okay, so so we lost a little bit of the last part of what you said. I got, I heard when you were talking about speaking it into a microphone, and then we lost the part after that. Oh, speaks after speaking it into a microphone, um, as well as writing small portions of your book. Uh, those are things that that I do um, to get the book out there. I lost my thought. Sorry. No, I think that that is really, really helpful. And I think that that's a great place for people to start. And I think you just dropped so many gems in this conversation, Ms. Danica. So <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for this powerful conversation. And so if people want to work with you, I can't believe time went by so quickly. You know, if people are wanting to work with you, um, learn more about your work, where do we find you around the web and, and where can people find you in, directly? Oh, on my website, uh, worthy W-O-R, com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all Danica Worthy. And I would love to see everyone over on my site and just share the love and light and the healing. Yes, yes. I think that let's all, you know, everybody head over to her Instagram, her Facebook, her website, buy her book from Amazon, and really bask in the knowledge that Danika has to share. You know, even in her time of grief, like she said, she's experiencing things and empowering us at the same time. So thank you, Danika, for this powerful conversation. Thank you so much, Abiola. I'm so grateful to you. I just love you so much. Your spirit is just dynamic, and I know that there are more, many more great things for you. That I do know. That I'm just putting it out there in the atmosphere, but I know that you already know it, but I'm just confirming it with your spirit today. Oh, I love it. Thank you, sis. I received that. I received that. I received that. Yes. <laughs> and for you, my beautiful spiritpreneur, I hope that you are as inspired as I am by the amazing Danica and that this conversation encourages you to deal with, accept, face, whatever grief or challenges you have in your life, and then be able to set an intention and move forward with faith to overcome them, just like our sister Danica is teaching us to do. And if no one has told you today, I love you, love you, love you. Dream bigger. I love, love you yourself. I will. Yay. I will see you in the next conversation.